This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Would you bet a few thousand dollars that you could sink an eight-foot putt? What about 10 grand that you could win a drag race against a Camaro with a thousand horsepower? If you bet two million dollars, could you bet it all on one football game? Maybe you wish you could, but you probably wouldn't. Gamblers is about the people who did. From the Ringer Podcast Network, Listen to Gambler Season 2 on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. It is Monday, September 19th. You may know this day as the day of a historic funeral. Amanda, we're 10 days out. The Queen of England, the former Queen of England, Elizabeth II, uh, has been interred, and mm-hmm. today was her funeral. And I woke up five forty-five a.m. to catch a lot of it live. I, I I didn't ask before we started recording because I thought we would just do this on the podcast. Okay, so you watched the Queen's funeral live. So BBC coverage started at three a.m. Eastern, mm-hmm. and so I at five forty-five a.m. when I woke up, my mom and I we. Went to our first recording, the one that started at three, got watched a little of the beginning, paused to take in a little bit of Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was on the BBC coverage for a stunning 15 minutes, Amanda. 15 minutes of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think that's beautiful. I think the BBC has really excelled the past 10 days at being the BBC. And when you find something that works, like Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, who's like, <laughs> you just go with that. If the queen was the most famous export of the, of the UK, he has to be top 10. Oh, absolutely. Maybe I mean, we top talked 20 because there are a lot of, you and I were just talking about the Beatles and they've got to be on the list. So sure. before- what, they're like, they take up four spots as, as individuals and then a fifth as a, as an entity together. Right. But on the Greece rewatchables, when Bill made the, absurd uh, suggestion that Greece is one of the, is the most popular musical of all time. We were like, uh, no, what about Phantom of the Opera? What about Cats? Like Andrew Lloyd Webber is huge. And so then, and then we fast forwarded through a lot of the just sort of like interviewing of random people to the procession itself, 
which was about like the the first like 10 to 15 minutes was walking the coffin into Westminster Abbey with um, the four children of Queen Elizabeth plus Harry, Will, and the bizarrely conspicuous today, Peter Phillips, who I'd like. No problem with Peter <laughs> Phillips. But I don't know why he has been so front and center. I do. Because he's been used as a buffer between yes. Harry and William throughout yes. this whole situation. And it, it was like breathlessly noted in the coverage that at Philip's funeral, he was physically placed in between William and Harry and that the, the commentators thought it was a show of progress that Peter Phillips didn't actually have to be at like a physical barrier. He was just there yes. for, for vibes. Moral support. Yeah. yeah, he was behind them. Will and Harry were next to each other. Then it was... um. Another part of that was the heads of state entering the the hall, the church hall, Westminster Abbey. Can we pause here to talk about some of the celebrities in attendance? There weren't that many. Go ahead. Most important to you and I, Sandra O. Oh, she's she is like uh she's basically got like a medal from Canada. She's Canadian, which is a Commonwealth country, and as a result, she was one of like three actors who attended this. Uh, this engagement. So that was a real thrill for the Dr. Yang heads out there, me included. It was like 2,000 people at the at the Westminster Abbey main funeral. Correct. And I think three actors total. I, I That's kind of surprising. I mean, I, I, I don't know. think of, you know, thespians when I think of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, she, that wasn't really her interest set. But, I mean, at Diana's funeral, if you remember, like, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were there. Tom Hanks was there. They brought in a lot of, uh, you know, American, like, Hollywood movie stars. Obviously, a different energy surrounding that entire funeral. But sure. Three seems pretty small. I would have guessed, like, seven to eight, you know? Totally. Well, they really had a lot of heads of state there. And, like, countries were only allowed two. So, like, the only ones from the U.S. are Biden and Jill Biden. Um, And so... I think there just like wasn't a ton of room. Plus, I don't know all the financials behind Diana's funeral, but given the amount of money that's being spent from the taxpayers' dollars, I imagine going full celebrity would be even more objectionable than what some may find this to be. So anyway, then there's the procession. Then they sat they had an hour-long church service. I'm going to be honest. I fast-forwarded. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure it was lovely. I obviously, I did not get up at 2.45 local time to watch the Queen's funeral. I'll be very honest. Um, I did actually wake up in the middle of the night because a possum was trying to enter my bedroom. So that's, oh, no. that's where my Gross. energy was. Then I went back to sleep. Didn't wake up. I had consumed all of the coverage, right? Like a lot of live blogs, a lot of clips. I didn't really feel the need to just rewatch a church service, to be perfectly honest. Totally. I have to say the best part was the recessional after the service. The music and the marching was like so soothing that I was tired. So I kind of like went, I like fell back asleep for a few minutes. Just some really beautiful classical tunes. And then I would say all of like the real shenanigans have begun Mm -hmm. in the press. And... Amanda, I'm sick of this. I'm just like, I think I'm fully ready to move on. I'm sad about the queen, sad about the end of this era. But there's just like over the past week, some of this coverage has just been so insufferable and like crazy making. I'm just like, yeah, I would move to Montecito as well. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's so, it's so nuts. So So you want to do a recap? Yeah. You want to talk about the hand holding? 
Yeah, so there's been basically like some kind of ceremony every day. Yesterday, the the, the eight grandkids held a vigil. Harry was allowed to wear his military uniform. That was a big deal. And then at one point, I don't even know what service this was. There was another one where two couples showed PDA, which is a, a, which you're not supposed to do as a royal, which I think is completely absurd. But the various couples are not supposed to touch each other in public, like physically touch. Zara Tyndall and her husband, Mike Tyndall, held hands, as did Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. You probably didn't hear about Zara and Mike Tyndall. If you did, it was at the bottom of an article that perhaps you read. And instead, there was like all this fury over Harry and Meghan breaking royal protocol. And there's nothing to say, but it's completely absurd. I will be honest. I did hear a lot about Zara and Mike just okay, because good. I heard a lot about Harry and Meghan. And then there is sort of a counter press initiative that goes on. Like, rightfully, I, I guess, I, you know, as as you said, at some point, this is all just like very fatiguing. And that doesn't excuse any of the ugly coverage directed Harry and Meghan's way. But like how many articles can one read about two people holding hands at an emotional event, <laughs> you know? So I read a lot of the Harry and Meghan stuff, which I agree, completely nasty, double standard. Like we but almost expect this at this point, but that doesn't excuse it. And then I did read like a lot of of coverage about Zara and Mike Tundall also holding hands. Okay. You know, but right. but it was Good. all in response to like all the machines are working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just so absurd. And then there's been a big to-do about when Harry can wear his military garb and when he cannot. And he was not wearing it today because only active members of the military are allowed to wear it. And so King Charles... And Prince William are, like, technically active members based on the fact that they're, like, one's the king and one is the heir. But Harry actually did a tour of Afghanistan. Will never did. And so, you know, this is just, like, this just, this whole controversy, in my opinion, only really punishes one person, but has, like, the unintended effect of, like, calling into question, like, who, like, all of these customs. and. And that I can't imagine what the royal family is going for. I, I don't know. I'm just like so tired of this. And and also the media acted today like it was like a surprise or a big deal that Harry wasn't wearing it. It's like we knew he wouldn't. This was released like a week ago. This happened at Prince Philip's funeral. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's not really a story anymore. And I'm just like so <laughs> exhausted. But yet here we are talking about it. <laughs> 10 days is a really long time. 10 days is a yeah. really, I understand that she was the queen for 70 years. We talked a lot about like her symbolism, positive and negative in the UK's history and, you know, what it means for that era to end. But, like, still 10 days. It's, like, a lot of events. I have seen a lot of weird Black fascinators and headbands on the heads of these women at this point. And then, I have to be honest, this funeral went on forever. I it know. started it at 2.45 PST. And when I woke up, still going. And What it, time did you wake up? I woke up at 7. That's, yeah, that's really long. Yeah, that's, and um, then and it kept going like several more hours past that. And every time I checked in, people were just like walking like very slowly. 
There is a nine-hour YouTube video on the BBC's YouTube page that you can watch. So if you can't sleep, just fire that up. Yeah, it's sad. But I feel like the effect of this 10-day London Bridge is down protocol is that like I'm ready to move on. So mm-hmm. I hope I will say that family seemed emotional today. Seemed like this was, but they also all have to be so, so tired. I can't even imagine. I I really can't either. They've just been showing up, like I said, various, you know, netting on the hats. What? <laughs> Hat of the day? Hat of the day has to go to Princess Charlotte. Man, is she cute. Yeah, she's she is very like, cute. And she was so charming in winning. Photographed like bossing George around and telling him when to bow, which is pretty funny. I respect that. So cute. Do you feel like the 10 days have sort of just lulled you into fatigued submission with the idea of the next King Charles III? I feel this 10 days has has highlighted for me the absurdity of the royal family. And I, I kind of agree. And, and I just think that like this actually is has been bad for them. Whereas like the Jubilee was really like was was well executed as being like celebratory, especially at a time when I think people wanted to celebrate. This has been so much excess that is like out of touch with what I think most people's lives are like and the reality of life in, in the United Kingdom and the reality of of empire that I just think it's like really even I'm just like, I don't, I don't even have a ton to say other than like, this is indefensible and bad. <laughs> I 1000% agree. It's preposterous. Like the, the photos and just how long this procession was going on. I mean, it looked like they were putting on a play, you know, it looked like a, you know, a bunch of costumes and a very well-funded play. But I, we have to bring up at this point, and we don't have to, but we're not British. You and I are not British. And we do not live in London and thus did not even have the opportunity to wait in the queue. But the queue is a real (laughs) thing that has happened in the last week since we talked. And that is bonkers. And the queue is, it was a line to see the queen's coffin lying in state. Yes. I should note, um, both my husband and our mutual friend, Phoebe, this weekend only learned that you didn't actually get to see the body. And it was not an open cassock. And I'll never forget our friend Phoebe just yelling, there's no body? So you wait all that time for what? Which is just, you know, fantastic. And I I was kind of like, have you guys not seen one photo? Like that coffin is wrapped up tight. Like it is very obvious that it's not an open casket. But, uh, you know, apparently not everyone knew. Also, uh, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the Church of England, but I do know that they are not Catholic. Yes. Um, so there's that too. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> it's pretty notable. Would you have, I mean, I don't think you would have waited in this queue because people were I don't waiting do lines. 17 no lines hours, for me. 20 hours. No. I don't do lines either. I no think, way. I think it's notable that David Beckham waited in line for 13 hours by all reports. S- I guess I appreciate that there's not a VIP line. Like, ever, all is all are equal when it comes to seeing the queen's coffin. I read that he was offered a chance to skip the queue, oh. and he declined it and waited in line. I mean, you know, wow. again, I wasn't there, so I can't 100% verify this. But okay. he waited in line for 13 hours. Tilda Swinton was also seen. I don't know whether she waited in line the whole time, but Tilda Swinton was seen in line. The the nature of the queue was such that it was constantly moving. So chairs weren't mm-hmm. allowed. 
you could bring, you know, snacks and stuff. You had to because you had to wait almost 24 hours. But it stretched, I want to say, <laughs> 1.5 miles long. Yeah, And like you're just constantly insane. inching forward. Yeah. That just sounds so awful. Based on my my voting experience in 2020, when I went to early vote and the line was really long and I was like beside myself waiting for three hours to vote to uh-huh. do something that had an impact on the future of the country, um, I can't imagine doing this. So I mean, <laughs> this is how you know that like we're old millennials because, you know, like a supreme drop, like anything, absolutely not. No lines is not a part of my, no way. my experience, yeah. my vernac- vernacular. But we have made a whole podcast about celebrity. I think you and I are both like very fascinated in it, really understand the appeal of it. I know way too much about the Royals. And I truly cannot wrap my head around this. People waiting in line for 24 hours to look, like, what are we doing? I I don't know. It's so, so nuts. You noted that Tilda Swinton also waited in line. Yes. For some reason, I feel like that's performance art with Tilda Swinton. I'm like, will this come up for you in a film of some kind? I feel like it will. (laughs) I don't know though. She does famously or not famously but until this one's very cool and i'm i'm a big fan but she is of like aristocratic stock originally mm. or maybe if not aristocratic like aristocratic adjacent again you know Got I'm not, like one of these the keepers of the peerage or whatever sure but i do know that she went to the same elementary school boarding school one of the early schools as princess diana so she's like <laughs> on that level Got it. I see. But I see. I do agree that her life has taken a turn since then in ways <laughs> that I wouldn't associate with waiting in line a really long time to see a casket. Nor I. I I, I have one thought and then one question, Bria. Mm-hmm. One is that the main thing I was thinking as I watched all of the walking today, and this relates to the standing in line, is I was just thinking about like, how much so many people's feet must really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And like how much, how far they had to walk in like dress shoes and heels and man, that stinks. I would have, I would have brought some sneakers. Um, but the other thing I was just thinking about was like, just kind of reviewing the last few years of the Royals in light of the last 10 days. And I'm curious if there's any moment from the various stories that we've covered on this pod and and that have sort of, you know, been around the royal family in the last few years that change for you based on sort of this full immersion into royal pageantry of of the, you know, the London Bridge is, is down parade. So has it changed my perspective at all or what I think the... Yeah, like, yes. And this is a leading question because I wanted to share mine, which I'll give you mine while you think about it, which yes. is, I was thinking a lot about how Harry and Meghan weren't sure that they would go to Philip's funeral and the Jubilee because they weren't sure they that the they would get security mm-hmm. in the in the UK and they really needed it. When I was watching today, because I'm who I am, I watched the television show Bodyguard and and all the things that I think about. I was just like, this okay. is an excellent this is an excellent place for an explosion. Like there's okay. so many heads of states together. There's so many TVs. And I was just like really worried there was going to be a catastrophe of some kind. Mm-hmm. And so then I was just thinking about like how amazing the security must be like all over London. And I was just thinking like, could they not have just paid for a detail for Harry and Meghan t- to attend? And then, you know, they ended up figuring it out. So whatever. But I just feel like the, like where the Royal family decides to like make a stand and like make a show versus what they don't do is so arbitrary and like when you dig into it like pretty maddening and it's just sort of like some of the details that I didn't really pay attention to over like various fallings out over the last few years have like begun to like stand out to me more in light of everything I've seen the last 10 days yes I I mean yes the absurdity and the arbitrariness of it becomes more and more apparent 
I think, with every single day that you have Charles in front of the camera. And, you know, there's been kind of like a preposterousness and an unraveling that I think has been evident really since the days before Harry and Meghan's wedding and the whole Thomas Markle affair and how nobody knew what to do or how to handle it. And that was really sad. And that augured, I think, a lot of the press coverage in really negative and ugly ways. That augured a lot of the, we're all making this up and we have no idea what to do and what's going on in in various ways. And things, and and, and the double standards, which started before that, certainly, but just came into really sharp relief. So that always stands out to me. But every time they get Charles in front of the camera and then he freaks out, I'm just like, oh, this, you guys didn't think through this through, you know? And it was waiting in plain sight, and we all knew that it would be different and strange. And, but, I mean, he's become a meme already. Can't use a pen to save his life. I mean, it's just, just really, really can't write things without having a meltdown. So that seems bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not great. Yeah, the two memes that Amanda's referring to are, one... He was doing, like, his first televised address, uh, I think it was nine days ago, and he was, like, telling an aide to, like, get the the pen, the like, the inkwell off his desk. Like, he was, like, shooing at him, and then the other was his, he had a leaky pen, and there was, like, a long video going around mm-hmm. social about that, too. So, the man and his pens, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, um, I love pageantry. I also like participate. The reason I woke up at 545 is I like to participate in something when I know everyone else is doing it or not everyone, but like a critical mass of people. And so I was like, I want to be watching this at the same time as many others. So I enjoyed that. But with that said, I'm ready to move on. Are you going to keep watching or are you just ready to move on from the Royals? I, I'm definitely going to keep watching. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't, we, I can't, 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 can't look let's away. Let's be honest. Of course. But I'm ready, to close, I'm ready to close this chapter of the Queen's funeral. Yes. Also, there was so much like, it's such a historic funeral. And it's like, yeah, because she was queen for a really long time. <laughs> really long time. <laughs> so, yeah. I will say the images of her coffin just disappearing into the floor of St. George's Chapel. I mean, it's disappearing into, like, the royal vault. There's a mechanism for it, but it was like a weird trapdoor at the end. I haven't of, seen it. Like, 12 hours of pageantry. It, it's all very bizarre, you know? It's yeah. really, really out of time. I know. I just hope that everyone's liked each other a little bit more than they did 10 days ago, which just might not be the case, but that's my hope. Yeah. I, that's Wish them well. We wish them well. Should we talk about some other celebrities? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reels always in reach. 
Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Let's talk about Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Congratulations um, to Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Having a f- they're having their fourth child. That's a lot of children. It sure is. That's a um, lot of time being pregnant, as Blake Lively is once again. Several photos from the summer of her showing her pregnancy, which she seems to be pretty far along, so that's exciting for them. Mm-hmm. And she did this uh, so that the value of paparazzi show, f- paparazzi shots of her being pregnant would be depressed or driven down because she wanted the paparazzi to leave outside of her house. And I enjoyed it. Good move, Blake, Blake Lively. I think it's a great move. I think it's also really depressing, not on Blake Lively's part. She, A plus to her. And then every time I'm reminded about the mechanisms behind the photographs that I just look at obsessively. I, I mean, I just I do. I'm sorry. I, we all kind of do. But it, it always depresses me, which is a, a little bit the point and good on her. And I don't know. I guess I'll just he, keep feeling guilty while I look at them. Here are some other things I liked about the pictures. One, they're not glamorous. They're just sort of like, I'm a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I also just couldn't help but notice how pretty Blake Lively is. Oh my God. I sort of like don't think about it very often. And I was like, damn, she's really pretty. She's really pretty. And I have to be honest, fourth time around and looking like a human being at all, it just is really awe-inspiring to me. So congratulations to her. I guess it agrees with some people. Yeah, sure. Number two, this is not something else I liked, but how did you feel about her dropping in a Taylor Swift picture? They're friends, I guess. They're they're quite close. They're actually friends, so that's okay with me. Okay, cool. And I think that's it. I just, I don't know. I, I have to say, I think I like Blake Lively more than I ever have but I also think I hate Ryan Reynolds more than I ever have because I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. Have you watched that? No, I haven't. I've seen a billboard and that's where my knowledge begins and ends. It's about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buying a pretty bad football club in Wales and their attempt to like move them up into like a better level of, of uh, English football or the United Kingdom football. So it's like and, real life Ted Lasso. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. With them as Ted Lasso. Sort of. They're more, the, they're like Rebecca. They're the Hannah Waddingham characters, okay. the owners. 
I think her name's Rebecca. Anyway, Ryan Reynolds is so annoying on it. I'm just like, this guy sucks. And he's just like not, he thinks he's funny, thinks he's heartfelt. And he's just like, he's just an actor. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not a fan. (laughs) May I share a Ryan Reynolds anecdote that I think I acquired while on leave? I don't remember remember when I read the Stanley Tucci autobiography, but I did. And you know what? Sometimes you just want to spend time with a charming man who knows about Italy and Negronis. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, sometimes you do. (laughs) Most of the time, that's what I want to be doing. I also recommend Stanley Tucci as an Instagram follow. It's him just cooking things. And then the other, uh, this weekend, he had to fix the dishwasher. So, and they just posted a video of him fixing the dishwasher on Saturday night. Is he... Is he living in England with his wife, Felicity Blunt, and yes. their children? Yes. Cool. Do you cool. not remember my my favorite piece of early COVID content? Yeah, of course. Was, his show, yeah. No, no, no. His diary. His, like, his oh, food right. diary that he wrote Forgot. for uh, in quarantine, which was basically he was just making Negronis and food for Felicity Blunt and his family. So, consistency. I just wasn't sure if they were still in London. I, b- I believe that they are, yes. Gotcha. So, okay. they... I, I read the the autobiography, which is in large part about, not in large part, but touches on the fact that Stanley Tucci um, was diagnosed with cancer. I believe it, it it was throat cancer, but maybe mouth cancer and underwent treatment. And I, he's doing very well now. But for one of his appointments, I, he got treatment in the, in the States. And I think he either stayed with Blake Lively or Ryan Reynolds or stayed in one of, you know, in their Bedford home while they were elsewhere to be able to access his treatment. And then Ryan Reynolds goes with him to a lot of his appointments because oh, that's nice. uh, his wife is still in the in the UK, I believe, recovering from childbirth. So I I feel warmly towards Ryan Reynolds okay. now because of that okay. story. You're right. I think that's a very that's a nice great story. story. Yeah. That is really sweet. Okay. That, so that's maybe all he's I got just, for you. Maybe he's just too earnest for me on this TV show, okay. but... Okay, you're right. That's really nice. I really like that. Yeah. That's like uh, that's all. That's lovely. Okay. Also, Rob McElhenney had never met Ryan Reynolds before this show. And like they just were like FaceTime friends. So I think people just really like being friends with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. So that says a lot. I like someone who's a good friend. Yeah. Maybe I should just stop watching Welcome to Rexham and then I will like him more. If you don't like the show, I would encourage you to stop watching it. That's <laughs> my advice for you on this show and all shows. Thank you so much. Um, in general, also Blake Lively's been this like on this anti photographing kids beat for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not even new for her, so I, I, I guess I respect that too. I don't know. They, they seem like a. I'm just like shocked they're still together, and they seem really into each other. Four kids. That's that's a real commitment. Sex at least four times. <laughs> I think. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> okay. One more important story, at least. Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. has been seen with a new woman following his breakup with, with Camilla Marone. And it is someone over the age of 25 who has a child. And yes. her name is Gigi Hadid. I heard like, kind of rumors of this out in the, you know, nothing like confirmable, but it, there were whispers. I don't know whether you had as well. I, I had not. That makes Amanda, it sound, what, what I know. are you tapped into? I was about to say, that makes it sound like I have even 10 degrees of separation with either one of these people, which let me be very clear, I do not. But I, I don't know. I I feel like I read it in a gossip blog or comments or something. Cool. I, I don't know. It just seemed like it was out there. 
Which then makes me wonder a little bit whether these photos are staged and whether they're being a bit more intentional with it than they would want us to believe. But, you know, I'm good with it. Gigi deserves to have some fun. The photos that are available are incredibly grainy. Mm -hmm. They look like they're from a cell phone, so I wonder who sold them. Um... I'm excited about this. I don't I don't really know why, but I just am. I think this is great. I sort of just like Gigi Hadid. For reasons that I don't know, I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, it's not like he's really done anything to deserve it, but I just do. <laughs> and I don't know. He's I'm, a good I'm excited. I think also, you know, celebrities, like, being seen together at Fashion Week is, like, just kind of exciting. I'm like, yeah, this is really familiar. It feels good. And I'm just excited this is what we're back to doing. Yeah, like New York is back, baby. Celebrities are back. I, yeah, like I agree. Out at clubs. I mean, I was I went out for dinner last night and it was a Sunday. And on Sunday night at like 10 p.m., I was on the street in Williamsburg in Brooklyn and it was like so noisy. And I was like, am I in the club or am I just on a street? And I was like, are people really doing this on Sundays? And I was just like, we're back. That's great. I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much. It was exciting. Oh, I think I forgot to tell you this. Sorry, personal celebrity encounter. Great, go ahead. I was walking down the street on Friday and it was not a lot of people on the street. And this young, not young, this shortish man with long hair was approaching. He had one woman behind (laughs) behind him who seemed really harried. And the other was an assistant or like someone he's like talking to nicely. And it was Jared Leto. And I stared at him for so long, he had to, he had to look back. So we made eye contact for a moment, and it was really thrilling. Did you intentionally stare at him for long enough that he would look back? Kind of. Okay. I was just like, I'm not going to look away. Let's see what happens. Okay. We're the only people on the street, really. Me so and his, is this him like and his like two real life version of you just liking celebrity Instagram posts? Yeah, I think so. You're just like, <laughs> I'm here, and I'm going to make you engage. I'm going to take the opportunity to engage. Yeah, Okay. exactly. We couldn't be more different on that front, but I really respect it. This is why you're really fun to go to parties with. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was it was pretty exciting. I was just like, this is this is high profile. This yeah. is an Oscar winner. Yeah, it was, it was great. I forgot that he's an Oscar winner. What a life Jared Leto has led. Honestly, I was like, this is Jordan Catalano. Yeah. But it took me a while to think about that role. But it was just really exciting. I mean, I love seeing a celebrity in, a wild, in the wild. Oh, and then yesterday... I saw Penn Badgley with his wife, Domino Kirk, and they were had a stroller, so the child was with them as well. Okay. Well, that's that great. That was exciting, too. Yeah. I did not stare at them. It seemed like it was lovely weather in New York. Yeah, definitely definitely good weather for going for a walk. Okay. So it was really just really exciting. After living in L.A. for so many years, you'd think I wouldn't care, but just something about, like, happening upon a celebrity on the street versus, like, in a restaurant or, like, something like that just is really exciting. It's very exciting. Also, I haven't encountered any celebrities here in Los Angeles. So that's just not kind of, I'm not out on the street with them, <laughs> not at restaurants with them. I don't know what they're up to. They're not hanging out with me. Okay, well, it was it was a real thrill. Thanks for listening to my Jared Leto story two times. That's okay. It was they were I enjoyed it both times. One more story that we just have to hit that defies belief. Would you like to explain it or shall I? No, I was hoping that you could explain it because this broke recently. And so I've read the highlights that we can unpack it together. Adam Levine has been married to a model named Bahati Prinsloo for about 10 years. She's pregnant with her third child. It's come out today that Adam Levine had been cheating on her previously with someone who was famous on TikTok who I had not heard of before who it's not that surprising because I am not 
on TikTok or Instagram <laughs> in this way. Her name is Sumner Stroh, and she's called an Instagram model. But on TikTok, she released a video today explaining how she was hooking up with Adam Levine. She also said that he, um, she felt exploited and manipulated by him, but that's kind of unrelated to where we're going to right now, uh, although noteworthy. And she doesn't say how, how or why she felt that way, but she just did. And the sort of the, like, the crux of this is that he messaged her recently. She posted a screenshot and he sent her that he sent her on uh, Instagram saying, serious question. I'm having another baby. And if it's a boy, I really want to name it Sumner. You okay with that? All caps, dead, serious. Followed up with a shrug emoji. So Adam Levine messaged his ex-girlfriend that is not his wife to ask if he, if she would be okay with him naming his son after her, the Instagram model Sumner Stroh. So this is deranged behavior. So here's, here's my first question. And I say this knowing almost nothing about anyone involved. This is so preposterous and also based on a screenshot in a TikTok video. Like are has has what have the verification uh, steps been? So far, there have been none. Okay. The reason she said she came forward with this is because she sent the screenshots to someone else, and they were trying to sell the story. So she decided to get in front of it and just give it out for free. Okay, I applaud that. I, I'm I just guess. you know, it's 2022. It's the internet. We have to ask some basic questions. Is this real? <laughs> well, I just it it does seem. Uh, weird on basically every level. The first and foremost being, as you pointed out, that he wanted to name his child after the woman he was having an affair with and then messaged her about it in writing. The other thing, the other thing is like, it's a little hard for me to believe that Adam Levine uses his regular Adam Levine Instagram handle to be in contact with his side piece or side pieces. Like I just... Doesn't he have a, a phone or another account? Like someone in the band must have access to that account. That's or like a, in management. That's a great point. Though I want to share, I was recently listening to a podcast, a thing or two, with Claire and Erica. Then they interviewed the author Emma Straub, the owner of uh, Books or Magic in Brooklyn, and she was talking about how Reese Witherspoon came to film a, a scene the Books for Magic bookstore in Brooklyn, mm. and it did involve Reese Witherspoon just DMing her on Instagram. Really? And and then, huh. and by all accounts, I think it was Reese on the other end and not... Wow. But I guess there's no way of verifying that. I mean, Reese Witherspoon did DM her and then Reese Witherspoon herself showed up at Books for Magic. So... Was this for the morning show? I'm not sure. I think it might have been for a new movie. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, cool. But it just gave me pause because I, like you, would have assumed that there's someone else like steadily managing that account. And you're probably right that there are multiple people with access. And by the way, DMing someone about a work-related venture is very different from your official <laughs> account. It's very different from DMing a woman that you're having an affair with from your official account. Yeah. So the two things can be true simultaneously. Also, I just feel like Adam Levine... It doesn't strike me as very online. So I'm just like, are you, is this how you're using Instagram? But I, I don't know. I don't know how he meets women either. So I, I just, Adam Levine is like the type of rich that like I definitely can't understand. Like, yeah. and also the kind of famous that I can't really understand. Like he's ubiquitous, but like no one, does he have like a 
fans, I guess, because Maroon 5 is really popular. But, like, have you ever met a Maroon 5 fan? No, I have not. So, yeah, like, everything about his life is a mystery to me. So what, what do I know? It just seems like a strategic error on a number of fronts, you know? If true, yes. If, if true, number one, you know, maybe pick a different name. Number two, don't do it in writing from your official Instagram account, you know? Here's the other thing. Did he need her permission? Mm. Why did he have to ask? That's a great I, point. It's a great point. The TikTok suggested that they were broken up. So I'm just like, it's not active. And so also if you're Adam Levine, this is really cynical. I feel like it'd be easier to dismiss this story. Should she ever tell it of like, oh my God, I dated Adam Levine or I hooked up with Adam Levine and then he named his kid after me. Like what's the proof of that? Right? Like, but now. Conspiracy theory alert. What if it's someone else in Adam Levine's life pulling a Wagatha Christie oh, to wow. try to confirm the affair in a very strange way. Oh, interesting. You know, and like setting up a whole Instagram situation, someone else with access to the account, whether it's a wife, a sis, you know, someone else. Love that, Amanda. Just throwing Great. it out there. <laughs> we'll have to monitor the situation. It's a good one. <laughs> it, it seems like everyone is monitoring it in real time. So I suppose that we we will continue monitoring it. We sure will. <laughs> um, thank you to Jane Whaley for producing this episode. We'll be back next week. Probably won't be our fourth episode in a row about the Queen of England's death, but who's I'm, said? I, you just jinxed it. You're We're walking right into it. I hope not. Have a great week, everybody. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 